0: a question. I know it's been a couple weeks since we've actually given opportunities to ask a question because of some of the different things we were going through um, in our Sunday school time. But anybody have a question you'd like to ask this morning? Yes, Miss Janet. Right. hmm Yeah, that's a, that's a good question. Um, a lot of times people, when we think about the four gospel records, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, um, you know, we, a lot of times we think the New Testament is written by the apostles or like the disciples, right? Uh, but actually two um, of the four gospels were not written by disciples or apostles, we could say, right? Um, which, which two were written by apostles or disciples? What's that? Matthew and John, right? Matthew and John written by apostles, right? Uh, but Mark and Luke were not. Uh, Mark was not one of the original twelve disciples, nor was Luke, okay? Um, Mark, um, when, we, when you study about Mark, you'll find that um, he was kind of like a, um, well, when you go back and you read When they were in Antioch and Paul and Barnabas are going on one of their missionary journeys, they take a young man by the name of John Mark. And John Mark goes with them for a while. And then uh, after a little bit of time, he leaves and goes back home, right? He goes back to Antioch. And then later when Paul and Barnabas are getting ready to go out on another journey again, Barnabas wants to take John Mark and Paul does not because Paul remembers that John Mark didn't stick with it last time. And so Paul is afraid that John Mark won't, will do that again. And so he doesn't want to take John Mark. Barnabas wants to take John Mark. And so eventually what happens, if you know the story, Paul and Barnabas actually go separate ways. Barnabas takes John Mark, and then Paul ends up taking a young man by the name of Silas. Okay? Um, and then, but, and a lot of times we can think, you know, we can look at Paul and we can think, well, you know, he, He didn't want to take John Mark because John Mark had forsaken the ministry on that first missionary journey, which is true. He did. But I'm very thankful that God is always a God of second chances. Amen? Aren't you glad that he's a God of second chances? Uh, Because God gives Mark a second chance, right? And he goes with Barnabas. And then not only does God allow him to go on this journey with Barnabas, but God actually uses him to... Pen and to write the Gospel of Mark, right? Um, now again, we understand these penmen, these men who are writing, are not the authors, right? We understand the Holy Spirit is the author. God is just using them to write the words down. Um, God uses Matthew, of course, who was a physician, who was a doctor, right? Or excuse me, was a tax collector, uh, and then Mark, of course, and then Luke, uh, the the other one that. It was not a, um, an apostle was Luke, and Luke was a doctor, Luke was a physician. And actually, um, there are two books that Luke wrote. Um, He wrote the Gospel of Luke, uh, the Gospel of Jesus Christ according to Luke, and then he also wrote the book of Acts. And so both Luke and Acts um, uh, are books that Luke penned, and you read about, you'll find in the book of Acts, uh, many times it's about the early ministry of the church and then the ministry of Paul. Um, and Luke was, if you could say, kind of a doctor, a physician that many times would go with Paul. And I believe when we look at Scripture, because of all the infirmities that Paul had, all the, the problems, the health issues that Paul had, um, Luke kind of took it upon himself to minister to the Apostle Paul in in the medical field. And so he would go with the Apostle Paul. If you remember, uh, he tells, Paul tells us about all the times that he was beaten, right? He says uh, five times uh, he was uh, uh, beaten with a cat of nine tails. Uh, three times he was beaten with rods. Um, all the different times he was uh, in prison and then even uh, shipwrecked and all these different things. There were, Paul had a lot of physical uh, problems. And so Luke was there Uh, along with him on many of these journeys um, and helping with those physical things. Uh, But both Mark and Luke were not the original apostles or the disciples, Um, and God uses them later. By the way, there are other books in the New Testament that were also not written by original apostles or disciples. Does anybody know what other books in the New Testament were not written by original apostles or disciples? Now you're trying to think of them all, right? Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Acts, Romans. Anybody else know? What's that? Jude, the book of Jude. Jude was not an original uh, apostle, right? He was not one of the original 12, okay? And there's another one. Uh, no, Titus was written by Paul, which he's written to Titus, right? Um, and then, of course, Paul, Paul wrote over half the New Testament, right? Uh, but there's one of the book, uh, if I'm remembering correctly. There might uh, there's there's one of the book that was not written by one of the original twelve. What's that? No, that was written by Paul as well. Philemon was written by Paul. Does anybody know? What's that? Hebrews. Hebrews? Well, that, that, that could be debatable, right? There are some people that believe that Paul wrote it. Some people believe that Paul didn't write it. Um, I'm of the personal opinion. I personally believe that Paul did write it, okay? Um, that's just my own personal opinion, you know? Uh, if you believe that Paul didn't write it, I'm not going to split hairs with you over that, right? Um, but I, I believe that Paul probably did write the book of Hebrews, so that's not one that I'm counting, but it's close to there. It's close to Hebrews, in fact, it's like right after Hebrews. James, James right? James. Um, so James and Jude were also not part of the original disciples. You say, wait a minute, wasn't there part, Weren't there Jameses that were part of the original 12? Yes, there was. You had James and John, right? Um, the sons of thunder, right? They were part of it. And then there was also another James that was um, there. So there were actually two Jameses. Uh, that were part of the original 12, Um, but we believe that the book of James was not actually written by either of those two men. Um, We believe the book of James was actually written by um, Jesus's, um, if we would say, half-brother, James. Um, And so uh, both James and Jude, written not by the original 12, so you have about four books Um, depending on what you think of Hebrews, but uh, you have Mark, you have Luke, uh, James, and Jude that were not written by the original four, right? Um, Of course, most of it was written by Paul, you know, you have from uh, Romans all the way through, I think uh, that's Philemon, Hebrews, those are the last ones there. Uh, And then, of course, um, uh, the apostle John wrote several books, um, five you know, the gospel according to John, first second, third John, and then of course the book of Revelation as well. But yeah, so two of the gospel records are not written by um, apostles or disciples. And um, uh, you did not, you know, nowhere in scripture does it say in order to be able to write or to be used of God to write scripture that you had to be an apostle uh, or you had to be one of the original disciples. Um, It's just the men that God used, right? I mean, when you go back to the Old Testament, you find God using all kinds of men, right? All kinds of men uh, to use to, to write his, his words. Uh, you have from Moses to David to Amos to Micah to Jeremiah, uh, all different backgrounds, all different walks um, that God used to, to write it. And that's a good question. But, yeah, so Mark and Luke were both not original disciples that were there that came along later. Yeah, Ms. Don. Right. Sure, yeah. That's a good question. Um, so just because we find words in reds, obviously we know those are what we would say the words of the Lord of Jesus Christ, right? But there are many times when, even if you would go to like Matthew chapter um, Matthew chapter four, since we're already kind of right there, um, there are three times that Jesus quotes Scripture. Right, Matthew chapter four. You have the temptation. Right, and Satan comes to him, tempts him, and Jesus says, "As it is written." Right. And as it is written, as it is written. Okay? When Jesus quotes Scripture, when you go to the actual passage in the Old Testament, are you going to find the exact words that Jesus just quoted verbatim, exactly how they were in the Old Testament Scripture? No. You're not. Now, does that mean that Jesus misquoted? No, it doesn't mean Jesus misquoted, right? Again, whenever, whenever you're dealing with um, a couple of things here. One, whenever you're dealing with a, um, you're translating something from one language into another, um, the way it was written in the original language is never going to be how it's translated into the second language. It's just not going to work that way, right? It can't work that way because in many languages, there are words that are not said that when you translate it into, if you were to translate it into English, it wouldn't make sense. And so you have to input words to make that sentence make sense, right? And so in the same way, when you're translating from Hebrew into Greek or when you're translating from Hebrew into English, it's never going to be exactly verbatim, word for word, how, it's, how it was originally spoken, right? Because of you're, you're, you're moving from one language into another, okay? Um, in fact, when you go back and you read even how... Um, the the scribes and and they would um they would copy the word of god and things like this okay um, there were certain rules that they had to follow but what most people don't understand is when they would when the original hebrew was actually written um, they did not use well like what we would say in our english right they did not use vowels they only used consonants okay So for example, if you were to take the word water and you were to spell it out without vowels, it would be W-T-R, okay, right? Now, if you were just to take W-T-R in the English language, you could input a lot of different vowels and make many different words, right? If you took W-T-R and then you just started inputting vowels into there, right? You could get waiter. You get waiters, like server, like a server. You could also get waiters, like what Brother Joel is going to use a little bit later to baptize in, right? Waiters, right? So there's many different words you could get, right? And that's why um, it's so important to understand context, right? What is the context actually speaking about, okay? And so when you translate from one language into another language you're never going to have exactly what was said right um, if you ever hear i don't know if you remember a couple weeks ago when uh, brother beam and his wife were here he said john three sixteen in nepalese do you remember how long it took him to say that how long it took him to say john three sixteen? much longer than what it would take for us to quote John 316 in English, right? Because it's not, you're, you're not just going to be able to say for in English, okay, for in Nepalese, God in English, God in Nepalese. It's not going to work that way. It doesn't work that way when you translate into languages, okay? So when you have translation going from one language into another, there are going to be differences, Yes. Um, and so one person is going to say, well, you know, it's, you know, two. I don't know why this keeps cutting out, um, but it's, it's not going to be exactly the same. okay? And even when, when you're quoting something, when Jesus says, as it is written, or, um, you know, or many times, you know, in, in, old, or in the New Testament, you have a quote from the Old Testament, um, quoting the book of Psalms or quoting Jeremiah or quoting something else. But it's, it's not exactly how we would read it in the Old Testament verse. Now, it's, it's the same. Everything there is the same, but maybe one word was placed in front of the other word um, or maybe one word was left out. Like, okay, like here in uh, Luke, it says, get thee behind me, Satan, where in Matthew it says, get thee hence, Satan, Okay. So it's not that there is a it's not that there is a um, a mistake. It's not that there is an error here. Okay, but you have how um, do I don't want to say this? You have if if every book of if every gospel record Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John said the exact same thing. In other words, they quoted exactly the same thing every single time. Why would you need four gospel records? Well, you wouldn't need four records. But not if they're exactly the same, right? If they're all exactly the same, you don't need four, right? And you're right. You're seeing what, why there are four. is There's perspective here, right? And so whenever, um, whenever someone says, this is what Jesus said or this is what Jesus did, it's not saying that this is exactly what he said the entire time. It's just saying this is what he said. This is what he did, right? Um, there are many times, in fact, in the book of John, John tells us um, there are many th- words and miracles that Jesus did that are not written. So does that mean we don't have the complete Word of God? Because there are things that Jesus said that we don't have written down. John says, if if everything that Jesus did and said was written down, he said it would it would just, you couldn't contain all the books that'd be written in. So does that mean we don't have the word of God? Does that mean we can't we can't trust what we have here because we don't have it all? No. We have exactly what God wants us to have. Right? Again, we have to remember, this is not the, the gospel records are not a, um, I, don't, I don't know what the word is, it's not a, a dictation of everything that Jesus did and said. right? We're, we don't start from Bethlehem and have a day-by-day account of the life of Jesus Christ. Okay. That's that's not the purpose of the gospels, right? And so when you look at the gospel records, are there going to be variations of what someone said? Yes, right. And there's going to be a couple of reasons behind that, right? One, Matthew is going to Matthew walked with Jesus for three and a half years. Mark may not have gotten saved until probably towards the end of Jesus's ministry, right? And so much of what Mark is going to be writing about is going to be more, uh, in fact, when you think about how how was Mark able to write all that he wrote if he wasn't there? Same thing with Luke, right? How was Mark and Luke able to write all the things that they were able to write about if they weren't there when Jesus said them? They weren't there when Jesus did these miracles. How, how is Mark and Luke able to write about these things? What's that? The Holy Spirit, right? And, and this is where we, we, we almost um, credit in one area but not in the other, right? We don't have any, we don't have any problem recognizing that Moses was not there at creation, right? Moses was not there creation. In fact, Moses was not there during the flood. Moses was not there after the flood. Moses wasn't around until hundreds of years later. We have no problem with attributing Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy to Moses, even though much of what is taking place in Genesis, Moses was not around for. But yet, then when we come to the gospel records, like, oh, well, Mark and Luke, they weren't there. Well, how, you know, how were they able to? It's the same way. God's Spirit worked through them. Again, these men were just penmen. They were just penmen, okay? It's God's Spirit that's telling them what to write. Now, God uses their individual personalities in all of this. There's, that's very true, okay? But it's still the Holy Spirit that's telling them what to write, okay? How many, if you look at the, the crucifixion, right? For example, go to, um, go to Matthew chapter... Uh, twenty, let's see, is it twenty six? I'm sorry, Matthew Chapter Twenty Seven. All right, Matthew Chapter Twenty Seven, verse number thirty seven. Matthew says. And they set up over his head his accusation written. So Jesus is on the cross, and Matthew says this is what was said above him. This is Jesus, the king of the Jews. Okay, So Matthew says that plate that was put above him on the cross says this is Jesus, the king of the Jews. Well, Mark, in Mark chapter 15, verse 26, Mark says the superscription of his accusation was written over the king of the Jews. So Mark says, the king of the Jews. Matthew says, this is Jesus, the king of the Jews. So who's wrong? Neither one. Go to to Luke. So Matthew says, this is Jesus, the king of the Jews. Mark says, the king of the Jews. Luke says, and over him in letters of Greek and Latin and Hebrew, this is the king of the Jews. Notice all three of them say something different. They're not all exactly the same words. I'm trying to remember if John has it as well. I can't remember if John has it in here as well or not. Let me see. Uh, Yeah, so in John... It says, Jesus of Nazareth, the King of the Jews. All four of them talk about this plaque that was put above Jesus' head when he was on the cross, and all four of them say that it says something different. Now, not different in this is the King of the Jews, this is the King of Rome. No. No. But all four of them have a different perspective of what was put on that plaque. Again, why? Now, should we say that these guys got it wrong? Because all four of them say something a little bit different? Mark says, the king of the Jews. Luke says, this is the king of the Jews. Matthew says, Jesus, the king of the Jews. But John says, Jesus of Nazareth, the king of the Jews. Well, I think we can all agree on one thing. He's the king of the Jews, right? He's the king of the Jews. We can all agree on that. That did not change, right? The main emphasis on who he is did not change in what they were saying. But again, why are there four gospel records? Again, perspective. You're looking at four different sides, right? Right? If you were to walk outside of this church building and stand on Barron Street, you would say, wow, it's it's very A-shaped. Well, somebody standing over here on Ramador is going to say, no, it's not. It's not A-shaped. It's very black. Well, somebody over here by McDonald's is going to say, No, it's not A-shaped, and it's not really big either. I mean, it's kind of like it's got mountains. You know, it kind of goes up, and then it goes up again. Well, the person on the says, no, it's not. There's no mountains there. What are you talking about? It's just one straight slope. You see, you look at something four different ways, you see four different views. Now, are all of them seeing the same building? Sure they are. They're just seeing different parts of it, right, Greg? Exactly. So it has to do with who they are writing to, right? Again, you have four different perspectives, not just for four different perspectives, although we do have that, but it's also who they are writing to, right? So again, think about this. Matthew is writing specifically to who? Who is Matthew writing specifically to? The Jews, right? Matthew is writing specifically to the Jews, okay? Matthew's wanting to make sure that they know that Jesus is the king of the Jews. This is Jesus, the king of the Jews, right? Now, what what probably did the whole inscription say? I think if we look at all four of what they say, we can fit all the pieces together, right? This is Jesus of Nazareth, the king of the Jews. Right? This is Jesus of Nazareth, the king of the Jews. But Matthew is simply pointing out the person and his position. This is Jesus, the king of the Jews. This man right here, Jesus, is the king of the Jews. Right? When Mark writes, Mark Mark is writing to who? Who? Mark is writing more to the Romans, right? Mark, it doesn't matter the name. It's just the person. This is the king of the Jews. This is the king of the Jews. It's not about the the name. It's about the person. This is the king of the Jews, okay? Um, When Luke is writing, Luke writes, um, and I just lost it. What What did it say? I think it just says the king of the Jews, Lost a word to go. Yeah, this is the King of the Jews, right? So Mark and Luke are almost very similar. The King of the Jews, this is the King of the Jews. Luke is writing to the Greeks. He's very writing a little bit more intellectual. Again, it's not about the name, okay? But then John, John tells us Jesus of Nazareth, the king of the Jews, right? So again, pointing out where he's from, pointing out who it is, what his position is, right? So they're all four giving us a different perspective, a different view of the same person because they're writing to four different groups of people, okay? So again, the whole, the whole plaque, whatever the inscription that they put, that Pontius Pilate um, put above there, probably was something like, this is Jesus of Nazareth, the king of the Jews, okay? So again, it's not like any of them are wrong. They're all pointing out something very specific, the king of the Jews. But then Matthew's going to give a little bit more detail for who he's writing to. John's going to give a little bit more detail about who he's writing to, right? That's why when you look in the book of Mark, In the book of Mark, you do not find a lot of the teachings in the book of Mark, right? You're not gonna find the Sermon on the Mount in the book of Mark. You're not gonna find a lot of the teachings that Jesus did. Do you know what you find in the book of Mark? Miracle after miracle after miracle after miracle after miracle after miracle after miracle. That's why Mark is so short. Mark is the shortest of of the four gospels, right? It's only 16 chapters, why? Because of who Mark is writing to. Now, does that mean because Mark did not include the Sermon on the Mount or the Beatitudes, does that mean that Mark messed up? No, it doesn't. It means that, again, who he's writing to, there's a sp- specific people who he's writing to, there's certain information that he wants to put in there. Okay? So, whenever you see, like Matthew, right, get the hints, or uh, in, was it Mark? The other one, was it Mark? Get thee behind me, Satan, right? It's not that there's an error there. Again, the main emphasis is what? Jesus is telling him to leave, right? Jesus has power over Satan. He, Jesus tells him to leave, and he has to leave, okay? But there is going to be some variation in what is said and what is written, miracles that are being done, um, In John, we find the seven I am. Jesus says, I am the bread of life and I am the good shepherd and I am the way and I am and I am. Well, we don't find those in the other ones. Well, does that mean the other ones miss something? No. Again, it's not four identical books, right? If they were all four identical, there would be no reason to have four of them. All you need is one, okay? But it's just like, Four people standing on the four sides of the building and looking at it and giving their perspective, giving their view of it. Okay? You're, gonna, you're talking about the same building, but you're going to give four different perspectives. And if you're writing to somebody who is an architect, right, you're going to talk about the pitch. You're going to talk about you know, the, the stained glass windows. You're going to talk about you know, all kinds of things where if you're just writing to someone that's not really an architect, you'll be like, it's a brick building. I mean, I don't know nothing about pitch. I don't know nothing about architect and all that kind of stuff. You're just going to be speaking Greek to me about all that. Is it a brick building? Is it, you know, is it like a metal building? You know, just give me the basics, right? I just, I just want to know the basics of it, okay? I don't understand all that other stuff. So again, who you're writing to is going to determine what is said as well, okay? And that's why it's important when you're reading, it doesn't matter if it's the gospel records or any any of the books, who is it being written to? If I'm going to really understand it, I need to know who it's being written to, what is the purpose behind it, what is the author trying to convey, right? Throughout the book of Matthew, Matthew is trying to show that Jesus is the king of the jews jesus is the king right he is the messiah they've been waiting for that's why even in matthew matthew goes to genealogies luke goes to genealogies but they're not the same genealogies why does that mean somebody made a mistake no it's because of who they're writing about who they're writing to right and so whenever you see something like, well, you know, Jesus said, here, get thee hence, but Mark says, you know, get thee behind me, Satan. So is there, is there a mistake? No, there's not a mistake. Right? And if, if, Jesus, if Jesus says here, as it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, well, that's not, exa- the exact, that's not the exact quote that we would have if we went back to the book of Deuteronomy and, and read the, the verse there. It's going to be maybe a little bit different. Does that mean that he misquoted it? No. Again, remember, you're dealing with three, four different languages here now. You're dealing with Hebrew, you're dealing with Greek, you're dealing with Aramaic, and you're dealing with English. Okay? So you're dealing with four different languages, translating it into one language, It's not all going to come across exactly the same. Okay? You're going to find the main emphasis in it, right? Man should not live by bread alone. Is that what we find in, in, in the Old Testament? Yes. We do find that in the Old Testament. Okay? Um, When we find other quotations of the Psalms, do they they give the whole verse? No, many times they don't, right? If, um, I I don't know if you've ever encountered this, Miss Dawn, I know you have because you have kids, Um, but your kids come up to you and say, dad said, and they say, dad said we could go get ice cream. Well, they're saying this is what dad said. And then you actually go back and talk to dad and find out that dad said if you wash my car and clean the carpets and do this and do that, then we can go get ice cream, right? Well, why did they say dad said we could go get ice cream? Well, because there's an agenda there, right? They're trying to say, hey, mom, let's just go get ice cream. Let's not really worry about what dad said. Now, did dad say we can go get ice cream? Yes, he did. Right? So, did they quote dad? Yes, they did. They quoted dad. Dad said we could go get ice cream. That wasn't quite all there was to it, right? And, and that's kind of a, it's not a great example of it, but even in scripture, when we find many times a psalm being quoted, many times it's, it's not the whole psalm, it's not the whole verse. There's just a certain aspect of it being quoted, okay? And it's not going to be exactly word for word as we find in the Old Testament. But that doesn't change anything. It's not changing the meaning of it or anything at all. It's not, well, you know, this is, a, this is a bad translation or this is a bad this or that. No, no, no. It's just you've got to understand what you're dealing with here. You're dealing with different authors. And again, you say, well, but the author is the Holy Spirit. Yes, the author is the Holy Spirit. There's no doubt about that. Okay? But the Holy Spirit is using men. And he's going to use their personality. He's going, to use, he's going to allow them to use their perspective on these different things. Okay? Um, that's why you have four different gospel records. That's why you have James and John and Peter uh, and Matthew and Luke and Paul. All, different, all writing different letters. Okay? You have Moses and, and Joshua and David and all these ones. All writing different letters. And yet, what do we find? John is a little bit more easy to understand than the book of Romans. Now, wait a minute. Don't, isn't it the same author? Well, sure it is. The Holy Spirit is the one that told John what to write just like the Holy Spirit told Paul what to write. There's no doubt about that, okay? Um, but God, is, the, God did not take these men and just use them as robots or dictation devices, Right? He's using not only his word, but he's also using their personality. He's using their education through all of this as well. That's why John, as a fisherman, did not have the education that Paul did. Look, Solomon, the wisest man in the world. You know, it's, you're going to read Solomon and you're going to get a little bit more wisdom and there's going to be a lot more nuggets and things than maybe just reading through the book of Amos. Well, Amos was just a herdsman. Again, I'm not saying that, that w- that's less in the eyes of God. I'm just saying that God uses their personality when they are writing as well, right? It's not just, you know, God says, okay, write for God so love the world. For God so loved the world. That he gave. That he gave. No. There is, God is using these men in their personality, in their, their background in things, in how they are writing the scripture. Now, it's still God's word. It's still the Holy Spirit inspired, okay? But God uses their personality and their background and things, and yes, some things are are not going to be exactly the same in every book because you have different perspectives. You have different views looking at different things, okay? so when you're reading through that, don't ever be like, oh, wow. Well, in Matthew, it says this is the king of the Jews. But in Luke, it says this is Jesus of Nazareth, the king of the Jews. So did Matthew forget something? Did John add something that shouldn't have been added? Why didn't Mark and Luke say this is Jesus of Nazareth, the king of the Jews? Right? No, no. There's, there's a reason why. There's a perspective here. There's something they're trying to get across. It's not going to be exactly the same. Okay, every book is not going to be exactly the same. If it was, you wouldn't need all four. Right? Okay? Everybody kind of understand everybody kind of clear on that? Does that does that help a little bit? Yeah, I was, it does. It gives clarity because I mistakenly thought the words in red were like verbatim quotes. So it helps to understand that you no know, these words like the death ice cream. God didn't say that. Right. Now that helps tremendously. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um and that's why yes, w- are the words in red Jesus' words? Yes, there's no doubt about that. This is what Jesus was saying, right? And that's why um, when you go back to the Old Testament, a lot of times when we have um, God speaking something, you know, a lot of times it's harder to tell in the Old Testament because all the words are black, right? Again, just, just remember, just like you, some of you might have extra commentary in your Bibles and things, you know, If you have a Schofield or you have a study Bible, there are other things that men have put in there. That is not inspired, right? The color is not inspired, okay? Whether it's red or black, that's not inspired. That's not, you know, they didn't, when John was writing, he's like, oh, let me change my pen color here from black to red, you know, so that we know what Jesus was saying. No, that's just done for our ease of being able to use it. So, no, it doesn't mean it's exactly verbatim what was being said. Good questions. All right. Well, we're out of time. If you have a question or whatever, um, make sure to email me, text me, or whatever, and we'll look at that next week. All right? You are dismissed. God bless you.